This is an ABC podcast. ABC Radio Australia. This is Fresh Off the Field. The sporting spirit of the Pacific. Malawalele and welcome to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific. My name is Bobby McCumba, a proud Ikidibas Australian woman. My mother was hailed from the islands of Abayang and Madagay. Now, each week I'll be joined by two co-hosts from across the Pacific, sharing your latest local sports news on the ground and in the islands. Uh, my first co-host is the news director of the Fijian Broadcasting Corporation, Indra Singh. Welcome back, Indra. Bula, bula, Bobby. How are you doing? Doing very well. Good to have you back with us again. And coming to us from Rarotonga, I have the online news editor for Cook Islands News, Lossie Lithanivalu. Hello, Lossie. Hello, Kiarana. Uh, now some exciting news for Fijians over the weekend. Frank Lomani will push it wide, but it goes dead. Oh, Indra, Fiji defeated the Wallabies. What was the reaction like in Fiji? Absolutely, you know, outrageous scenes, if mm. I could say. People, that game was at about 3.45 Fijian time in the morning. That finished just before 6. And you could hear fireworks, you could hear <laughs> horns going off in cars, you could hear people shouting. It was like we had won the World Cup, or more or less. It is that we've made an impact on the World Cup, but absolutely jubilant scenes all around uh, Monday morning. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, I certainly uh, woke up to the news and wasn't as happy as all the Fijians, I might add, living here in Australia, but it is great for rugby and Fiji are still in the running for the Rugby World Cup, which we'll talk a lot more about uh, later in the show. Now, Lossie, I see the Cook Islands Bowls team recently returned from the World Bowls Championships on the Gold Coast. Yes, uh, they did, and they've been um, recognised as the... um what you call the eighth, they've been placed eighth in the world. And uh, they've also been ranked as the highest Pacific Island team. And uh, they're super excited. They're really happy with their performance. And I've just heard that most of the players uh, have been contacted with from overseas bowling um, federations. So maybe they'll be going across, not sure. (laughs) Oh, that's exciting news. I love my sport and I really do enjoy lawn bowls, but I'm terrible at it. Have you played lawn bowls yourself, Lossie, and are you any good? No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, Indra and Lossie will cover sports in both Fiji and the Cook Islands. It's finals time in the NRL, plus, of course, we'll be talking the Rugby World Cup. It's underway in France. The NRLW home and away season finished off last weekend. I caught up with one of the Canberra Raiders playing in their first season. We'll hear about sport across the entire Pacific region. And once again, we'll finish off with a fun game so that you at home can get to know my co-hosts and I just a little bit more. Uh, The Rugby World Cup is happening in France at the moment with three Pacific Island nations represented on the world stage. We'll go into more detail. As I've said, we've got three teams, but one of those teams is Tonga, who came up against Ireland in their first game, the number one ranked rugby team in the world. Uh, Unfortunately, they went down 59-16, but they still have plenty more to give. I caught up with Lanu Farnoa, the team manager for the Tongan rugby team, and asked him what positives Tonga could take out of their first game against Ireland. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, playing against the number one team in the world was a positive and and to open our rugby world up that way. I think a lot of the boys 
I mean, this first World Cup, the the uh, ceremony and the occasion was um, was a big boost around. Via Fafita was a standout in game one. His game seems to be going from strength to strength. Yeah, he's a, an amazing, uh, amazing player. He's outrunning some of the wingers at club level, and you know, he's just a freak of nature. Um, and uh, his brother as well, you know, kind of, we got two brothers, same family here. Um, same part of, of actually that I, my uh, father grew up in, so I, I claim that. I'm, the, I'm claiming them to my belief. <laughs> oh, what is it like? I, I guess teammates are always going to be closer and they'll bond when they're playing in a team, but when you've got three brothers playing in the one team, what's that like? <laughs> yeah, no, they uh, it's funny. I mean, they're, they're definitely like brothers, you know? Mm. We're tight one day, and then uh, you know, and I know we did each other on another day. And but I think you know, uh, Edward team, Edward Tonin team, we're we're all brothers. We're all a bit of a traveling village. Um, so it, all of those things that Islanders, uh, that families are used to, is manifested here in the little smaller version of uh, of our little island. Now you've got four former All Blacks and one former Wallaby representing Tonga this World Cup. What difference does that make to the squad having those players in there? Man, it's a it's a yeah huge difference. Um, but you know, I think that they're also putting their hands up for someone to really reconnect and get uh, that tone inside of things. But like they're almost coming with their hearts and minds open. Obviously, on the field, uh, that uh, that background brings a lot, and they're. The way that they interact with the coaches and and and, and drive a team culture—that that's all amazing. But I think it the, the flip side of it is they're actually learning a lot from the boys who've uh, uh, you know been with the talent team coming through, and uh, I think that they really—that's uh, why they came to play for Talon. You know, they really wanted to. You know, they all sing and hits different. You know, with the jersey wearing the red jersey, and I think it's really to do with the, the cultural connection. There's a big difference in funding and resources when it comes to Tier 1 and Tier 2 nations. Does that impact the performance during the World Cup, do you think? Uh, I think definitely if you had all the money in the world, we, would we do things differently? We probably would. We'd have other problems. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it definitely having some having enough finance, which is not an even playing field. I mean, that's the first thing. Mm. So you're big teams and they can do a lot more with their time. We're time poor, we're 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 money poor. We're content. We we get on with the job with what we have, or we probably we definitely would. I think uh, funding in this high performance space, increased funding uh has an effect on results. Um I don't think once we're here in the team we're uh laboring on that deficit, we just want to get it onto the field. That's really the only level playing field. Mm. Either fifteen or fifteen when they're out there and during the game, but um, yeah, I think it could, and I think uh, that's something that everybody who supports Thailand rugby or Pacific Island rugby is trying to uh, figure out the answer to that riddle. Who are some of your local Tongan-based players that we should keep an eye out for this World Cup? Well, the thing with our boys, uh, I'd say about a third or about a half of the squad are brought up in Tonga, um, but because they're so good at rugby. They have to play professionally overseas. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I would say those Fifita brothers, I would claim them as local because um, they grew up their whole time and then just 
because they they were so good at rugby at the age of 14, 15, they got picked up and, and, and they've been overseas since then. But I would still say that they're local. you got um, Tanginoa Halaisanoa, uh, for us, his brother that played for us, they came out of Lovao as well. Um, even guys like Solomon Ikata, uh, um, uh, on the wing there, and, and Tane, our captain, you know, they all came from Tawa originally. Yeah. Um, but have to play overseas. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say those guys, you know, they're already there. People are already watching them. But, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, you've got another tough game coming up against Scotland this weekend. What can we expect to see from Tonga? Uh, yeah, look, we're expecting us to be physical. We don't want to disappoint them. Uh, we want to over-deliver on that, as usual. Um, that's the, the red jersey demands that. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think we've had a really good week here. The boys are uh, identified, you know, a few things from, from Ireland that we really want to iron out. So I think we're we're really looking forward to this this game. We're settled one game in now, you know. Um, and I think... That's what we we're looking to express ourselves against against government. Well, thank you for your time, Lano. I know it's crazy busy over there in France in the World Cup, but good luck for the rest of your World Cup campaign with Tonga. Thank you. That was Lanu Farnoa from Tonga Rugby speaking to me from France for the Rugby World Cup. Great to have him on the show. ABC Radio Australia. You're listening to Fresh Off The Field. Uniting the Pacific through the universal language of sports. Each week, my co-hosts will do some serious reporting on sports from across the Pacific. But before we get to that, we like to have a little bit of fun. Coconut Wireless. Oh, I love the Coconut Wireless. It's where we discuss sports gossip in your country. It's not fact. It can't be backed up. You might have heard it in the locker room, down the coffee shop or at bingo. Who cares? It's a rumour. You heard it in sport in your country and I want to hear about it. Indra, what have you heard on the Coconut Wireless in Fiji? Yeah, it's amazing that what Rugby World Cup can do for you, isn't it? Because, you know, (laughs) with a phenomenal performance on uh, Monday morning, I can tell you this must be the only franchise in Super Rugby Pacific out of Fiji, the Drua are actually looking at a couple of uh, Fijian rugby players who are currently playing their trade in France in the T14 to see if there could be any possibilities uh, for them to join up with the Drua for the next season or the season beyond that because they want to get all the stars back home playing and leading the charge amongst them are the likes of Weissianada Levu and also Levani Botia. So that is going to be sensational if it does eventuate. But those are some of the names floating around. And in rugby league, you know, it is just so amazing that the um, Rugby League uh, Pacific Cups coming up next month and for the Fijians, um, you know, they're trying to get all the, at least for the Bully Killer, the w- women's team, trying to get their best players, you know, who are eligible out of NRL, or the well, at least the women's NRL in Australia, to play for them. Uh, let's see, a couple of big names are in the mix and that is going to make it very interesting if they do uh, you know, you know, give give the allegiance to Fiji, Fijian Bulikula for those test matches, a World Cup qualifying test matches next month, um, Bobby. Mm. You mentioned a few of the names that are crossing over from league to rugby. Is it similar in the women's game? Are you getting the same amount of numbers of players that are able to play both rugby and league? Yeah, we've got a couple of uh, female players, the women's uh, Fijian and Drua players who won the, Fijian, uh, the Super Rugby Women's Pacific competition the out of Australia, well, the women's super rugby, 
and they are playing at the moment for the likes of uh, for the likes of North Queensland. Um, so they will be there. They they eligible for uh, at least they've shown us they've played for Union and also League. So it is growing, and there is some talk that each player will be getting paid about three grand each for featuring for the Fijian Ambulikula in this tournament. Oh, it's wonderful to see the women that are getting paid for the game. Uh, obviously, men have been getting paid for a long time. Uh, women are making their way to the forefront, and it's good to see them getting paid and, and doing what they love. Uh, Lossie, what have you heard on the Coconut Wireless in the Cook Islands? Well, nothing much except for the Cook Islands League team that is going to participate in the Pacific Games. Uh, questions are rising whether they'll stick to their plans of uh, using the local players or will they be recruiting more from overseas, whether Australia or New Zealand. So we're really not sure about that yet. Mm. It's something that happens uh, quite a lot across the board when I was speaking with Lano as well and I asked about uh, the local players, you know, what local players do they have playing for Tonga? And, you know, a lot of the players get picked up when they're 14 years old and then, you know, they have contracts in Australia, in New Zealand, internationally. So, you know, uh, the fact that they are living in Australia, in New Zealand, doesn't take from the fact that they, you know, were born and grew up in country, in Tonga and... I I assume similar things are happening with the Cook Islands. A lot of the players that are playing in leagues outside of the Cook Islands do come back to represent. But it's always good to see uh, some locals that you see playing in the local comms that are representing the Cook Islands as well on the rugby fields, I'm sure, Lossie. Yes, yes. It'd be good to make use of the local players who are always training and playing, you know, the local tournaments and looking forward to going overseas. But (laughs) let's Mm. see what happens then, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a good experience as well for local players to be able to play alongside some of these international stars as well. So, well, there we have it. Lots of news, lots of rugby news. Uh, That's no surprise at all. But thanks for that insight, Indra and Lossie. That was... Coconut Wireless. All right, we've had some fun. We've told you about the rumours. Now it's time to hear some serious stuff. Uh, Indra, what is happening in sport in Fiji? At the moment, the biggest one, uh, Bobby, is the uh, we've got a mini sevens international tournament that gets underway tomorrow here in Suva, and you have got the likes of the, of course, the Fijiana team, New Zealand, Australia, France, and the USA. They're all uh, here, so you know these are full strength women's teams preparing for the series that starts later on uh, in the year, the World Rugby Seven Series. So they are all here, and uh, it's great to see you know talent. Uh, from the likes of Australia and New Zealand and France and USA playing as the Fijiana. That's the big one happening in Fiji at the moment. In terms of basketball as well, there's uh, there's good news that the Fiji basketball men's and women's team have got the likes of uh, former Australian Opals coach Laurie Chizik and also oh. Scott Butler, who are here from Australia, to help train the basketball teams uh, as they prepare for the Pacific Games in the Solomon Islands. And the Team Fiji has today revealed its whole contingent in terms of uh, athletes and officials for the Pacific Games. That was done earlier on today. And uh, it's it's all interesting times and, you know, it's all systems go uh, for the Pacific Games for Team Fiji. But as we've been talking rugby, Bobby, it's 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 been amazing. The, the performance of the Flying Fijians at the Rugby World Cup, we've seen what they've done. Everyone's talking about them. Everyone said that they are now supporting Fiji as their second team if they've got, uh, uh, if, if they hail from another country. Amidst all this, we've got the Fijian Drua, who's played a massive, massive role under the guidance of uh, Coach Mick Byrne. And Coach Mick Byrne has, in the past two years, transformed 
the Fijian Drua into one of the powerhouses, which is filtering through to the Flying Fijians. And I managed to catch up with him earlier this week. And my first question was, you know, what does this mean for the Drua next season? Well, it's uh, it's fantastic. It'll, it'll mean so much. And at the moment, our boys, you know, our young men over there probably don't realise how much it's going to mean to them. Uh, they'll come back here. They'll be uh, more confident in themselves. They'll uh, walk around with a little bit more pride around their performance. And, you know, a lot of our players have, in their second year of professional rugby have been like, oh, I'm still just finding my way. Well, they've found their way. Uh, they've arrived. And uh, when they come back next year, they'll be starting the season in a really confident position to say, well, we've done two years, we've made a quarterfinal at Super Rugby, we've made the finals at the Rugby World Cup. Our our careers are in front of us now and we're looking forward to just getting on and being the players that we can be. And I think it'll be great for us. It'll be great for Fiji and uh, rugby, the, uh, you know, but also for here us for us at the Endura. We'll see our players come back and they'll be they will have gone away young men, they'll come back and they'll be experienced. They will have grown up a lot over the time, the Rugby World Cup. Coach Mick, when you have captains who lead by example, and the Drua is a great testament to that, but with the Flying Fijians, Waisea Nayadalevu, he has been phenomenal. How much of a role, or how much of a difference it makes when you have a skipper as such? Well, you're looking for your leaders to be inspirational and I think Weiss has spoken brilliantly over the last two weeks um, what he's been saying to uh, the public has been very inspirational so I can only imagine he's been like that amongst the playing group and, but also on the field he's uh, like today that line break he, he made he just has the ability as a leader to to turn up and do something special on the field and, and lead the troops and I think you saw at the end um, when he drops to the ground and starts punching the ground. Um, that's a leader that's showing real emotion and uh, I'm sure the boys are getting in behind him and there's no doubt they are getting in behind him and, and uh, charging through the opposition just like he does. And then when you have got your young Drua players like Mira Mira and Ratumeli, Dernalangi, etc., it's a great learning curve for them to learn of this experience the Fijian captain. Oh, it's it's great for our young leaders. Uh, we, you know, we our, our our players are in only in their second year of professionalism, so our leaders have only been leaders for a couple of years. So it's a great challenge for them to go away and and learn and see how what they can come back with. And it was exciting for us here when we saw so many of our players get selected in that flying Fijian squad. We just knew that it was going to set up our preseason. We're looking forward to our players coming back and bringing back their learnings and, and growing our team next year from, from what they've learned while they've been away. Now, Coach Mick, let's talk emotions. I know you touched on it a little bit earlier on, but at the Drua base camp, you know, so many of your players from the last two years are now living their dream at the World Cup. Every coach, every administrator, every official at Fijian Drua base camp must be delighted that you are reaping the rewards. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it's uh, yeah, we had a couple of good young signings during the week, and there's no better uh, way of of sort of putting a full stop on that week when you you look at what uh, what the flying Fijians have done today, and 
it just it's fantastic for us to to be able to sit back and look at a side that has put put us not on not only us in Fiji but around the world the people are are talking about how good we are and you know the the cries of Fiji 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 and Sanetti and today when you know it just shows the the world are looking at us and uh and I think they're pretty happy with what they see and you know for our part in that we're we're massively proud but uh, there's a lot of people currently within, within that group overseas that have done a great job in bringing these boys together and we're extremely happy for them and, and proud of them as well. Mick Byrne there, coach of Fiji Drua. Uh, such wonderful insights into rugby in Fiji. Not only, I mean, we've got the World Cup happening at the moment, but, you know, the Drua, it's huge all over Fiji, isn't it, Indra? Most definitely. They, they are the darlings of Super Rugby Pacific. They've changed the face <laughs> of the comp. Uh, which was struggling up until uh, two years ago in terms of getting those big crowds, etc. Just look at the fantastic crowds that turn up when Fiji plays its home games, at least the Drua plays its home games. And they've got seven of those next season, so yeah. it is going to be massive. But, yeah, it's, it's just been fantastic. And I think indirectly the Australian uh, DFAT and government that has been supportive of the Drua, you know, they would not have been happy to see the Wallabies lose but, you know, their investment is paying off in terms of Fiji rugby hitting new heights. Mm, seven home games. Is, is that a lot? What have they had previously? Yeah, we had, uh, we had six uh, this season. Uh, so next season we've got seven home games. And the target is uh, with Mick Byrne. I was talking to him, as I said earlier on. The target is, you know, quarterfinals this year, perhaps a semi or a final next season. And imagine that you've got 18 of the flying Fijians at the World Cup who will be coming back to play for the Drua. It is all happening in Fiji. One more question, uh, Indra. You mentioned the Rugby Sevens that are happening in uh, Fiji at the moment. And you mentioned USA. What what are they like? Obviously, you've got um, Australia competing there and some other big names. But what are USA like in strength for Rugby Sevens? They've been pretty decent. Uh, we watched them over the seasons in both men's and women's. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, they haven't qualified for the Rugby World Cup in 15s, but in 7s, they've been putting in a lot of work. The Olympic programs for the men and women, 4-7s has been, you know, it's been extremely well funded and developed and uh, they are heading uh, towards the direction where USA, some seasons ago in the men's, you know, bit the likes of Fiji and New Zealand and South Africa, and they want to do more of the same. To have the USA women's team here, they've always been fantastic on a series uh, on the circuit and uh, they, they're definitely going to br- bring that uh, competition level to women's rugby and all, every, everyone's just going to enjoy that uh, for the next couple of days. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you very much for all the updates of sport in Fiji. Thanks, Indra. Uh, Lossie, what's been happening in sport in the Cook Islands? Oh, well, Bobby, we just started with the Tri-Nations series. It sounds really big, but then it's the local Tri-Nations series where um, you have the Tokouso team from Samoa, the Samoa local residents, and uh, Tambusoro, that's the Fiji residents that reside here, and also the local Cook Islands resident team. So they have these matches going on for the next uh, six weeks, which uh, the second match was just uh, last weekend between uh, Samoa and Fiji. And we also have the... um, the Cook Islands football uh, Rarotonga season that's just started and that's ranging from the under nine to the senior premier matches. And uh, yeah, and we just started with the cricket, the local cricket matches for that happens every weekend just when the Cook Islands women's team just returned from the ICC Women's uh, T20 World Cup. 
the women returning from Vanuatu, how did they find that experience? That was one of the biggest uh, women's cricket tournaments in the history in the Pacific. Uh, yeah, they, they found it really good. I mean, uh, they played six matches and won only one. But then the fact that they, you know, they had managed to put a team together and compete at that level, just uh, they feel really proud returning from that, from the, from that uh, competition. And this Tri-Nations competition that you talk about uh, with more community teams from Samoa, Fiji and also the Cook Islands, how long has this competition been going on? Uh, well, they started uh, last year, but then this is for the new season for this year. It's only to help um, help the Cook Islands team prepare for the Pacific Games. So they have the Samoa and Fiji team competing against them on a round-robin, round-robin matches. Wonderful. Anything else happening in local sports news in the Cook Islands? Uh, well, I caught up with uh, with Mark Short, the chef de mission for Cook Islands, and uh, asked him how he would summarise the Cook Islands team's uh, preparation for the 2023 Pacific Games in Honiara, Solomon Islands. I can say that the most difficult part really has been to ensure that all the athletes that are going to participate, uh, number one, uh, that we have the confirmed lists and the names of these people. Uh, secondly, uh, we, we have to ensure that we comply with the eligibility and, and accreditation uh, requirements. Often it is trying to prove that they have uh, some kind of Cook Island connection, either by descent, genealogy, through marriage, uh, and also if they have lived in the Cook Islands. So a lot of the different uh, teams that are going to have different uh, eligibility criteria, <coughs> and that has really been a focus for us because... If they take to the field or if they compete in a competition and it is found afterwards when an objection is made that they do not uh, meet the criteria, uh, it is my understanding that the new rules say that uh, there will be a $1,000 fine uh, and a, an objection and or challenge can be made even two months after the games have finished. All right, Mr. Short, more than 180 athletes participating for the Pacific Games presented in the Cook Islands. Are there any other athletes which we have, the Cook Islands has got from overseas? I understand that the Rugby League uh, is sourcing uh, Rugby League players with Cook Islands descent uh, from Australia. And the reason why they're doing that is to, to, uh, to reduce the, the, the airfare, uh, the costs. So uh, instead of having to pay for a whole team to go directly to the Solomon Islands, uh, they will only have to pay the airfares from Australia to uh, from Australia to Honiara. So it's just one way of trying to limit the cost. And you also have a uh, middle distance uh, Pacific champion Alex Barrows uh, leading the team this year. Also, uh, do you have anything to say to that? Uh, well, he's a well-known personality. Uh, he's been supported by Sistock for a few years now. Uh, I believe that he's. Uh, I think that. Uh, you know, he is well prepared. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a lot of faith and confidence in him. And I think that he'd be the, the, a role model for a lot of our younger uh, athletes that are participating for the first time. Oh, there we have it. So that was Mark Short, Chef de Michon for the Cook Islands. Uh, Lossie, we're about 10 weeks, just under 10 weeks out from the Pacific Games in the Solomons. Uh, what's it feel like in the Cook Islands with all the athletes and teams that are competing and preparing for the Pacific Games? Well, everyone's just, uh, you know, excited and uh, each federation are doing their own fundraisings, just like Mark Short has been saying 
to fund for their airfares, you know, accommodation, meals, etc. So each uh, federation is doing their own things at the moment until, I guess, on due day, then we'll know what's the real feeling like. <laughs> That's it. We're, there's a lot of pre-talk leading into the Pacific Games, especially talking with different co-hosts from different countries. Uh, everyone is preparing and planning, but hopefully it comes up very soon and we can get underway. Uh, no doubt it's going to be very exciting for all the athletes and all the organisers and, of course, the media reporting on everything as well from our sense. Uh, thanks so much, Indra and Lossie, for covering those sports in country in Fiji and also the Cook Islands. Now, there's plenty happening in sports across the Pacific outside of our islands as well. Indra, uh, what's happening with the under-16s OFC Women's Championships? Yeah, that's been fantastic. Uh, that's been played out there in Tahiti. And, um, you know, the one team that's really, really been impressive is Tonga. You know, when you speak of football and uh, Tonga, it's not synonymous, but Tonga has been doing some fantastic performance. They've been putting in some fantastic performances in that one. They beat Solomon Islands 5-1, and then they drew with Nicaledonia 2 all. They just lost to Tahiti 2-1 uh, the other day, and um, that was yesterday or the day before. And then what? What uh, yesterday it was rather. So they are pretty, pretty doing pretty well in their pool. They're second at the moment, um, heading into uh, heading into the semi final based on how they have uh, how they have played so far. So they end up uh, in the semi finals, of course, together with Tahiti in the other group. And New Zealand looks uh, favourites as usual. 12-0 dropping of the Cook Islands. Fiji put on a good performance against Vanuatu, 11-3 winners, losing to New Zealand 4-1, and Cook Islands winning against Vanuatu 2-1 the other day. So the last round of games for that group takes place tomorrow, where Vanuatu plays New Zealand and Cook Islands takes on Fiji, after which we'll be able to know who joins Tahiti and Tonga in the semifinals. And for a place, the winner, of course, qualifies for the 2024 FIFA Under-17 uh, Women's World Cup to be held in the Dominican Republic next year. Football is has already been huge throughout the Pacific. Has the FIFA Women's World Cup that has just ended, I guess, sparked more interest with young girls and boys uh, playing throughout the Pacific? Obviously, we had the, the FIFA president, Gianni Infantino, who visited a lot of the Pacific Islands as well. Uh, we had Mary Fowler from Papua New Guinea, you know, who's representing the Matildas, sparking an interest there in the Pacific. Do you think that has boosted participation in the Pacific? It, it surely has. You know, the, the, the growth of women's sport and women's football has been... Uh, outstanding, and then now we can see Tonga, the amount of uh, effort they're putting into women's football and uh, getting the results at the young age of under-16s, that surely comes down to the impact of uh, the World Cup and the four-year cycle that we had. And uh, now the Pacific girls are looking and they're thinking, you know, if Mary Fowler can play for Manchester City and, of course, uh, the Matildas, why can't uh, they... And the latest is Kara Cooney Cross, who's gone from being a Matilda star and has joined Arsenal in uh, the in the Premier League in England. So you know it's it's just really fantastic. Yeah, Grace Charlie, uh, almost inmates from Samoa, and Grace Charlie from Fiji playing for New Zealand. So this this women uh, these footballers are definitely inspiring a new generation. Yeah, it's wonderful to see and, and such a great opportunity for, you know, young athletes to not only play in your country in the Pacific, but get those opportunities to play internationally as well and, and sometimes make a, make a job of it, which is fantastic. Uh, Lossie, now there's another Pacific Nations Cup, different sport. What's happening here? Well, um, 
Bobby Samoa has just uh, received the gold medal. Both the Samoa men and women's team have won uh, first place at the Pacific Nations Cup. This was hosted in Samoa with the 10 men's team and 8 women's team. For the men's team, uh, Samoa was first place while um, Tahiti was second. And then um, Tuvalu, during the Tuvalu and Fiji match, uh, Tuvalu took up the bronze medal. And for the women, again, Samoa won the, the gold medal, followed by Tahiti, and Fiji was third place. So it was a huge congratulations to the Samoa team being the host country. And, of course, this Pacific Nations Cup uh, is tennis that we're speaking about happening yes. as well in up here in Samoa. Do we have any standout performers that we might see performing on international stages outside of the Pacific? Uh, I'm not too sure, Bobby. Uh, I, I think the there were two brothers from the Samoan side who competed in the men's team. I'm sure they'd be the one <laughs> who'd be the yeah. ones to watch. Yeah, definitely. Well, if they're picking up some gold medals, then no doubt we'll hear a little bit more about them uh, in the future. Uh, Pacific Nation Cup happening in up here in Samoa, uh, and that is tennis this time around. Thanks for that, Lossie. Uh, once again, going to mention it until it's over. The Rugby World Cup, Fiji defeated the Wallabies 15-22 in their second game of the Rugby World Cup. Now, this is Fiji's first win over the Wallabies since 1954. Oh, it, it was a huge game. Uh, as, uh, as Indra has already said, it was happening at about 3 in the morning, 3 or 4 in the morning, uh, and by 6am there were fireworks going off in Suva in Fiji. Uh, look, of course, this means that Fiji is still a chance to make the quarterfinals. They had to win this game against the Wallabies uh, to give themselves a chance, obviously losing their first game. Uh, but Fiji are going to take on Georgia in their next game. Uh, Georgia are ranked 13th in the world. So watch this space. I look forward to talking more about this over the next few weeks. Uh, Manu Samoa defeated Chile uh, 43-10. So it's Chile's first ever World Cup campaign. Good to see the Manu Samoa get their first win in one game. They will take on Argentina this weekend, uh, which should be a closer game. Argentina are ranked 10th and Samoa just underneath them, uh, ranked 11th in world rugby. So that should be a good game and really test the Manu Samoa. If they can get two wins from two games, that'll set them up nicely in the pool section. Uh, Tonga drew the short straw for the first game coming up against Ireland, who are ranked number one in world rugby. Uh, unfortunately, they lost... 59-16 to Ireland. Now, there's been a bit of talk about Tonga not playing any Tier 1 nations in the lead-up to this World Cup. Indra, I'm going to throw to you. Do you think that this has impacted Tonga's preparations into the World Cup, not playing any Tier 1 nations in the lead-up? I reckon that is one of the reasons, but it also it also comes down to how much of an effort has been made to secure those big test matches now, Fiji got uh, France and England. They managed to get those test matches. And on the other hand, the downfall I see with the Tongan side is they have got back some big names that he used to play for the likes of the All Blacks and Wallabies. Did they just have enough time to gel them together? They lost Israel Falau as well through injury, who is a superstar in his own right. A lot of Tongans are looking forward to seeing him play. So I think, I think, um, those Tutai Kefu, the coach, really hasn't had the ideal preparation. They lost almost every game in the Pacific Nations Cup that they played as well. So they haven't really clicked. And I watched that game against Ireland. They were in it for about the first quarter or so until Ireland uh, really blew them away. And not to say, perhaps that could be a changing fortune, that fortunes could change for them. And uh, they could look at getting some results later on. But they don't have 
uh, easy matches coming up. They've got South Africa as well, the reigning world champions. So, yeah, going back to it, it could be one of the reasons. Uh, one of the reasons that Tonga hasn't been performing is they didn't have good build-up matches. But on the other hand, it's also talking about getting players from all over. And, you know, teams like Fiji face that a lot in the past where you get players from all around the world. And to gel them into a winning unit does take a bit of time. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good point you make there because on paper they do have, like you've mentioned, they've got four former All Blacks playing and one former Wallaby. Uh, you did mention Israel Folau, um unfortunately injured, so he hasn't made it. But on paper they do look really good. But in, if they're not gelling as a team, then unfortunately the results aren't coming. It's only one game down though. So they've got another game. They will take on Scotland in their second game. So that'll be another tough one for them. Uh, Indra, the FIBA Oceania Under-17 Basketball Championships are happening as well. Oh, it's it's going to be massive in Papua New Guinea at uh, Sir John Guy Stadium. You get Australia, Guam, New Zealand, PNG and Samoa in the men's and Australia, New Zealand, PNG and Samoa in the women's. And if you just look back uh, to the previous edition of the tournament in 2019, Josh Giddy out of Australia, he really lit up and went on to bigger and higher things. And Paris Mason, who played for New Zealand, is with the Tall Ferns, and she played at the uh, FIBA Women's Asia Cup earlier this year. So um, that is going to be exciting. The games get underway on October 2nd, where Guam and Australia meet in the men's comp, and that runs up until um, later on, as I mentioned, up until the 7th of October. It's about a week long. This is going to be absolutely sensational. Uh, two sports up for grabs at the, uh, you know, 2024 FIBA Under-18 Asian Championships. So all these Pacific teams will also be trying to outdo the likes of uh, New Zealand and Australia, or at least PNG, Samoa and Guam, to get a, you know, get a ticket to head off to the FIBA Under-18 Asian Championships. Mm, good opportunity to take on some of the top teams uh, in on this side of the world. Uh, Lossie, the Pacific Games we have spoken about, it's happening in Honiara in the Solomons. How are preparations going in Honiara, do you think? Oh, I think they're doing really well. Um, just recently I saw how they've um, upgraded the, the stadiums and they've started um, arranging accommodations or probably setting up accommodations for each of the countries that are participating. Yeah, it's going to be huge, isn't it? All the countries coming in and it's wonderful to see all those facilities that are being made as well. Uh, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the Yumi Water Sports Stadium that's uh, just been opened over there to hold, I think it's going to be three to five different events that's going to be held during the Pacific Games. Uh, very exciting. Will you be on the ground in uh, Honiara, Lossie, reporting on sport or participating by any chance? <laughs> Uh, reporting on sports, so fingers crossed, hopefully. Still waiting on the green light. <laughs> well, we've got just under 10 weeks. Hopefully you can get that green light and we can see you reporting uh, at the Pack Games in Honiara. Uh, it's NRL Finals Times, week three of the finals. It's down to the top four. So for just a second time in the NRL era, teams from four separate states, territories or countries are represented in the preliminary finals. So that's a little bit exciting. So we've got people cheering from all over. Uh, the Penrith Panthers will be taking on Melbourne Storm. That's happening on Friday 7.20 in Sydney. 
Penrith are the reigning premiers, winning the last two NRL Grand Finals. So they've played in the last three, though. Uh, get this. So Melbourne Storm defeated the Panthers in the 2020 Grand Final. So it'll be interesting to see how these two match up on Friday. And, of course, the other preliminary final, we've got the Brisbane Broncos taking on the Warriors. Uh, that's on Saturday, 7.20pm in Brisbane. Uh, the Warriors have made the NRL Grand Final twice in 2002 and 2011, uh, but they've never won one. So can they get through? And will that be third time lucky? Uh, the last time the Broncos made the grand final was back in 2015 when they lost by one point to the Cowboys, 17-16. How brutal to lose in a grand final by one point. Lossie, would you prefer to lose a grand final in whatever sport you're playing by one point or 50 points? Uh I think by one point instead of oh, Really? <laughs> oh, I think that would be devastating because you think you've got it. At least if you lose by 50 points, ah, you've never had it in the bag at all. What about you, Inja? Uh, would you prefer to lose a grand final by one point, nearly had it, heartbreaking, or 50 points, just get smashed? Yeah, I reckon just get smashed, eh? Because, <laughs> you know, the heart, heartache of a one-point loss is definitely, uh, you know, and when you're talking about the Warriors, they they have got the Abdawaz that's going all around in the world of rugby league. They got Marcelo Montoya, who's a Fijian winger, playing out on the wing for them. Ah. So they'll have some support out of Fiji. Oh, wonderful. You love to see it. Yeah, I think the Pacific Islands will be getting behind the New Zealand Warriors uh, in the finals of the NRL. So we've just got one more week uh, this weekend and, of course, the grand final, which will be happening next week as well. Uh, thank you, Indra and Lossie. I love hearing about all the sport that's happening across the Pacific. Uaravu plays for the PNG Orchids and was drafted to the Canberra Raiders in their inaugural season this year. Welcome, Ua. Hello. <laughs> I just zoned out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> all good, all good. I know what you're doing. You were psyching yourself up because we've got fast feet to the drum beat. It is 10 yeah, questions exactly. in 60 seconds. Uh, h- how do you go under pressure, Ua? Um, 50-50. Sometimes I can be really good. Sometimes I can be really crap. All right. Well, we... See how we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to find out in 60 seconds. All right. Are you ready? I'm about to start the clock. Okay, yeah. Feet to the drum beat. What did you have for breakfast? I had a piece of toast with Vegemite, avocado, cheese, and a fried egg. Oh, yum! Uh, what's your favourite song? My favourite song. Oh, um, sorry, pass. I can't. Pass. <laughs> I'm going to come back to that one. Corn beef right. or spam? Corn beef. Good. Always. Rice or taro? Um. Oh, I like both. Um, I'm going to go 50-50. 50-50, okay. You are breaking the rules here, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> apart from Papua New Guinea, what other Pacific island would you live in? Um, I'd say maybe Fiji. Fiji, yeah, it's a popular one. Fish or pig? Fish. Fish. L- league or union? League. What's a delicacy in PNG? A delicacy. Um, wait, let me just go. I wrote this in my notes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop the clock. Get your notes out. Yeah, I got... Here we go. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, a delicacy in my village is Aigir. So it's from Rabaul. Ah, Aigir. what is it? It's a way of cooking. So it's like cooking with hot rocks, sort of like mm. steaming and like a big thing with coconut milk and, yeah, everything like that. So good stuff. Okay. All right. We're going to get back into it now. Coconut water or kava? Oh, coconut water. <laughs> And are you a better singer or dancer? Um, I'd have to say singer because it's hard to dance. 
<laughs> it has been. Well, there we go. We, we were just over a minute. I like how you just skipped questions, went 50-50. You just went against everything that we try to get out of these 10 questions. But I love it. I love it. Thank you, Ua. <laughs> and I'm going to come back. Did you find out what your favourite song is or you, you still don't know? My favourite song. No, nah, we're going to pass that one, are we? Or? Nah, we'll probably just pass. Yeah. As soon as I hang up, I'm sure you'll come up with your favourite song. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> hey, Naua, I saw um, Vision of your family. They surprised you by being at your Canberra Raiders jersey presentation recently. How did that make you feel? Oh, it was really surprising. I um, My mum's never actually been able to lie to us. Like, she always ruins surprises. So I was actually pretty shocked that she lied to me. Um, but it made it work out really well. So it was good. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, have you seen the vision yourself? Of yeah, I was sort of half watching it today. Yeah. I was like cringing at myself just crying (laughs) (laughs) it was really beautiful I I loved it I certainly didn't cringe I I had a little tear myself um so you recently debuted for the Canberra Raiders what was it like to run out onto the field for the first time um it was pretty crazy I said I mentioned to a few people actually I said (laughs) it probably sounds a bit stupid but when I ran out on the field it felt like I was in like a totally different universe. Oh, wow. Um, it was crazy, but I only got on in the last few seconds before the end. So, um, yeah, it, it was over pretty quickly after Zahara kicked the field goal, but um, it was amazing just even getting on there and feeling the atmosphere. And, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Now, there are more and more PNG orchids. You play for Papua New Guinean uh, orchids as well. Um, yes. More and more of you playing in the NRLW these days. How do you think this involvement will benefit the orchids moving forward? Uh, I think it's pretty um, It's pretty cool. Um, I played with those girls in the World Cup um, last year and I learned so much from them. And even um, I didn't know a lot, a whole lot about league before coming into um, this campaign. And, um, yeah, I feel like I've learned you know, 80% of what I know about rugby league or 90% in this past few weeks that I've been in the camp. So, um, yeah, we've we've learned a lot, I reckon. Um, and when we go back to camp, like with the PNG Orchids, if we get selected again, um, it'll be so beneficial to share what we know with those girls who are up and coming through the system. So, yeah, it'll benefit the team a whole lot. Do you think you share a special bond even when you're playing against each other in the NRLW, just playing against some of your Orchid teammates? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, playing for your country just has a whole, and you would know too, like um, playing for your different, playing for your country, sorry, it has a whole different feeling, a whole different meaning. Um, I mean, I'm very, um, you know, I've left my country when I was a younger age, so it's helped me connect with my culture as well. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a special part about it. Um, And yeah, just coming together, we met met a few of each other at the rookie camp at the start of the year. And um, that was pretty nice to see each other again. And um, yeah, I think we do share a pretty special bond. I know that your mum was there at the presentation. How proud is she of you not only playing NRLW, but also representing Papua New Guinea? Yeah, she's a a pretty proud mum, as most mums would be. I was surprised when I did tell her that I was going to debut. She she didn't actually cry on the phone. That was the first. But she told me, she texted me after and she said she was crying after I hung up on the phone. Aww. So, yeah, she's pretty proud. Oh, that's awesome. Now, you have played in World Cups uh, and now you're in the NRLW. What do you think has been your biggest career highlight so far? And you are still very young, so there's more to come. Um, career highlight. I think... 
Honestly, being a part of um, PNG's ever first World Cup win, I think that was mm-hmm. a pretty special moment. I mean, I think debuting does come close to that, but I think, yeah, the, the pride that I feel wearing the PNG jersey, um, it doesn't really compare to anything else. So I think, yeah, be, being a part of the history is um, pretty pretty insane. Mm. Well, no doubt you're making your family proud and so many other young Papua New Guineans who are looking up to you and hopefully one day they'll play in the NRLW and and play for the Orchids as well. Uh, Good luck for the rest of the season and thanks so much for your time, Ua. Thank you. All right, you've been listening to all of us for a little while now. We've reported on sports, we've told you all the gossip uh, and we've spoken about sport throughout the Pacific uh, and beyond. But now it's time for our next segment. Gyaman Stapwe is talk pissin' for Pick the Lie. This is a fun little game I like to play with my co-hosts. They have to tell me three things about themselves. Two of them are going to be true. One has to be a lie. Some of my co-hosts are brilliant liars. I, I, I cannot believe how, how well they lie. But that's part of the game. So uh, we're going to start with you, Indra. You have to tell us three things about yourself. They can be a fact or a story. Uh, Lossie and I are going to try and guess which one the lie is. Off you go, Indra. Yeah, getting used to this game now, uh, Bobby. But um, <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, the first one is I don't know how to mix cover. Mm, it's, okay. It's the hardest thing to do is mixing cover for anyone. Oh. Um, I absolutely hate fish or anything to do with fish in terms of a meal. And the last one is that I have never set foot into New Zealand ever. <gasps> Wow. Okay. So these are three things, and you call yourself Fijian. I, I don't know about that. You can't mix kava. All right. You hate fish. Unbelievable. And you've never been to New Zealand. Okay. I'm going to say maybe never been to New Zealand because um, I, I feel like you can't hate fish and not mix kava, even though you said it's difficult. Um, Lossie, what do you think the lie is? He can't mix kava, he hates fish, or he's never been to New Zealand? Um, wow, that's so tricky. <laughs> it is. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go with never been to New Zealand also, though kava uh, is a bit suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> It is suspicious, isn't it? Um, All right, Uh, Indra, we both said that you've never been to New Zealand. We believe that that is the lie. Tell me, what is the lie? I've travelled the world, been to New Zealand the most number of times in my life, so both of you are wrong. Okay. Um, (laughs) I know how to mix kava. I'd be kicked out of home if I didn't know how to do that. Um, I absolutely hate fish. You hate fish. You're missing out on... One of the greatest foods in the Pacific. I do eat it. I do. It's not like I don't eat it, but 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 I really am not a big fan. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Yep. No. Fair enough. They, they were good ones. Thank you, Indra. Played that very well. Uh, Lossie, this is your turn. Yeah. You, you need to tell me three things about you. Uh, two of them will be true, and one will be a lie. Off you go. Okay. Um. I play sport. Uh, probably play soccer. Which is football. Um, I am Fijian and I love cover. I think this should be easy. <laughs> okay. Th- these are, so let me get this straight. So these are the three things about you. You play sport, you play soccer. You said you're Fijian. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and what was the last one? Sorry. I love cover. You love cover. Okay. Uh, Indra, what do you think the, 
the lie is she plays soccer. She's, she's made she it loves- so easy. She is a Fijian. She loves Kava. <laughs> of course she loves Kava. She is a Fijian. I reckon the first one. I play sport. You play soccer. Oh, I was going to say you're Fijian. I thought you were from the Cook Islands. All right, what's your lie? <laughs> I don't play sport. <laughs> you don't play sports? <laughs> You're from Fiji, reporting in the Cook yes. Islands. There you go. I have learned something new about you. And Indra, you already knew. Did, did you guys know each other before this? Well, she was in the media fraternity before, so, you know, it's, it's a small world, so, yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, I need to do a bit more research on my co-host that I've got on the show. Uh, well done. All right, now it's my turn. Um, I generally have a theme when I do my uh, my three things. So this one is uh, they're all injuries that I have sustained playing AFL. So AFL is the Australian Football League. It's also known as Australian Rules Football. All right, here are my three things. Tell me which one the lie is. I have had two knee reconstructions one on each knee. I have had a reconstruction on my right shoulder and I have fractured my thumb. Indra, what is the lie? I've had two knee reconstructions, one on each knee. I've had a reconstruction on my right shoulder and I have fractured my thumb. Um, both knees reconstructed. You think that's the lie? All right. Yep. Uh, Lossie, what do you think the lie is? Your thumb. My thumb. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, I have had two knee reconstructions, one on each knee, not at the same time. That would be so uncomfortable, Uh, but that's true. I have fractured my thumb as well. Sorry, Lossie, you're wrong. The wrong one was I have had a reconstruction on my right shoulder. So I feel like I I beat you both on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, uh, none of you got that right, but that's okay. Uh, Nice to get to know each of you and know that uh, Lossie is from uh, Fiji. Well done, both of you. Um, That does bring us to the end of this show. A big thank you to my co-host, Indra Singh, News Director for the Fijian Broadcasting Corporation. Thank you, Indra. Minaka. And, well, reporting from the Cook Islands, but Fiji and Lossie Lafanivalu, Vinaka Lossie. Oh, thanks for listening to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. I'll be back next week with two new co-hosts from across the Pacific talking all things sport in our region and across the globe. This episode was produced on the lands of the Ghana people and the Gadigal people. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.